0: listening
1: to the Inside Fairfield Lacrosse podcast hosted by JJ Duke and all access pass to Fairfield University Lacrosse. Baystate hey, fans, welcome back to another episode of the Inside Fairfield Lacrosse podcast. This is episode number 8 as we continue on this uh, seesaw affair throughout the season. We've had the men's cross pod last week in fact their next game is going to be coming up against Georgetown on Saturday afternoon coming off of a win against Siena but another team that got back in the win column this past weekend is the women's side a 14-11 victory over New Hampshire so Laura Field joins me here and coach we talked before this game about how you know you lose two in a row, one to Hofstra, one to Boston University. There were a lot of things that the group learned from, and you needed a reaction in the right way, and it certainly showed that this past Sunday you have got it.
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, we were really happy to see – Um, And I know I mentioned it, how we responded in practice, immediately following the losses, um, but even happier to see uh, that play out on the field against New Hampshire. I mean, I think if you were watching the game, you saw more of a well-rounded version of us where we had offensive, defensive, uh, goalkeeping, um, you know, from our rides to our clears. Everybody really stepped up their game and, and executed.
1: From those previous two games, it wasn't the fact that, you know, you said that Mamalee wasn't having, you know, any issues at the draw control. The shots were good shots, but it just, it was those intangibles that the group was maybe not so much lacking, but it just wasn't coming in those previous two games. And now, you know, when you look at this New Hampshire game, Aaron, you know, you don't win the draw control battle, but you won the key ones. You got the better shots that you were looking for in the right times. And yeah, you might say that, hey, wins and losses, it's all part of progression, getting to conference play, but... Uh, New Hampshire is a team that we would see like similarly in the Mac so I guess this was kind of the really good litmus test that you know, we were kind of hoping for?
0: I think we were very evenly matched. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. You have draw control battles. Um, we both have good potent offenses with spread scoring. Um, we, we both um, have good goalies, and I think we managed to, to knock one of theirs out of the game, which was great. Um, you know, we were very well matched. So when you want to see how you're going to stack up, um, you know, this was good to come out with the victory.
1: Brooke Gallagher has been playing out of her mind over yeah. the last couple of games. She missed the first one, but then once she got her going this is the player that I think we knew was going to be coming and it's showing it so what has she been doing outside of game action to kind of elevate herself to his big performances the four goals and the three assists that she had in just this one game against uh, the Wildcats
0: Uh, you know Brooke has always been this great player I think um, you know she she battled an injury her freshman year which set her back Um, but this has been the version of Brooke that we have always known Um, and I uh, what's awesome about it is I think now everybody else gets to see it as well she plays hard she plays with speed Um, she's got a confidence back that she she didn't have for that year immediately coming back from her her injury Um, you know we're 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 thrilled to see it, um, but it's not a big surprise to us that see it every day at practice. I mean, I think uh, our expectations are that uh, she executes in games and shows uh, the world exactly what we see.
1: And I think it's now that added extra composure that she brings to the field as well, because coming in, there was a lot of young players that were fighting for time, and you're wondering who's going to be the one that would uh, kind of set the tone in the offensive side. You obviously had uh, Aaron Mamley and Megan Beach in the back, so that was going to help the defense. But then on the attack, you had Taylor Mitchell and then Kathleen Holzman playing both ways, but you needed that second. And, you know, Brooke has really done the job. And I just love the way that she goes about the game as well. She fights for the entire game start to finish and the level just never drops
0: yeah and I think one of the things that that we're most proud about is also um, her assists um you know that's something that uh that you you know we we expected her to score we expect her to be a driving threat but we love that she's dishing the ball really really well
1: in addition to that Taylor Mitchell continues just to be flying right now another hat trick for her against New Hampshire which I think I said that was her 16th game in her career where she's had three or more goals in a game that's um You don't go into the numbers too much, but that just shows these last two years, I guess, you know, from her middle of her sophomore year to now the middle of her senior year, it's just every game you get the same effort and the same production. She is
0: uh, she is steady Eddie for us. I mean, you know, and she is drawing, you know, one of the best, if not the best defenders for most of these games, and she's still producing. I think, you know, you talk about Brooke with her composure and her poise, the same could be said of Taylor. She brings, um, you know, a level to the game that doesn't deviate no matter who she's playing against. And, you know, that is something that, um, it's it's the skill set, you know, to be able to perform under any condition. And, you know, she's getting beat up, she's getting thrown around, but she continues to produce.
1: And this season has already been kind of brutal because the fact that you've had play, played games basically two a week for the last couple of weeks, how is the team actually holding up right now uh, as we head into this Denver game, knowing that there's going to be a nice little break coming afterwards?
0: Yeah, you know, I think at this point in the season, you always expect to have um, a few bumps and bruises. It's not that unusual. Um, we've had some some bigger injuries. We've had some kids come back and some kids that are continuing to come back right now. Um, but it's nothing that we can't prepare for. I think, uh, you know, it'd be short-sighted to assume you're going to have everybody healthy and everybody um, at peak performance um, physically all the time. So, you know, we're doing the best we can to sort of manage their minutes, manage their minutes in practice. And, um, you know, we're excited for some kids to come back uh, in the next couple of weeks.
1: Now, so lastly, you talk about peak performance and saying, hi, Olivia Conquest, my goodness. This kid comes in and absolutely has been... You don't want to say it, but you have to at least acknowledge the fact. She has been playing... Out of this world as a freshman goalie coming in with another double-digit save performance and you know, it didn't get tested too many times in the second half of this game had only four saves but there were a couple of big ones when the game got rather close.
0: Yeah, she's made some clutch saves for us. Um, you know, even in our losses, I, I BU comes to mind. Uh, you know, she's she's still keeping us in the game much more than we deserve to be in certain moments. Um, she has been outstanding. I can't say enough about her performance and you know she's a she's a great addition to the team personality wise um and and we're just really happy that she's uh that she's getting the reward for for playing well um she's really put the work in
1: now the thing that we talked about at the beginning of the season was when you have the chance to develop young goalies there's a great knowledge that comes from the coaching staff including yourself and murray um in addition to others i mean how much have you seen her grow olivia throughout this what the three and a half weeks that we've had um in the non-conference season because she gets tested every day. Kara McHugh as well, another great attacker. Um, so how many day, or I shouldn't say how many days, but like how much you see her kind of just improve from day to day?
0: She has improved day to day, week to week, and you can see it within the games um, themselves, kind of her style and her getting comfortable in the games. So you can actually see that difference in the play. Um, and you're right, we do have a lot of different minds, all of us on staff, um, coach goalies in some capacity. So, um, you know, if a problem comes up or something we want to tweak comes up, we can attack it from a lot of different ways. Credit to, to Liv and to Emily, they've, um, as goalies, they've been willing to um, kind of to do some goofy stuff with us to work on some skills from non-traditional ways, um, and and they don't question what we're doing, and um, it, it has resulted in them getting a um, better skill sets, uh, sort of magnifying the good and minimizing the bad of what we're uh, of the, what their styles are.
1: Now, I'm curious, what exactly are some of these training? Oh, you techniques? know,
0: we have all kinds of toys. Um, you know, we have we've, we've got Velcro hand pads, we've got um, you know, lots of different things that you'll you'll see out there at any given have practice. Have you
1: guys gone to the gym, Craig style, throwing the tennis ball? blind against the wall no, you know we're close
0: s- to it we're very close Ooh. to it um yeah if, you, if, you, if it's a goofy hand-eye drill um, we probably have it and we probably have done it
1: for those who don't know what i'm talking about just go watch miracle the movie and you can watch uh the actor portraying the u.s goalie jim craig and trying to catch blind passes coming off the wall with tennis balls but now we look forward here and this is a game that when i saw the schedule come out i did a little bit of a double take for a second You don't often see ranked teams coming into Rafferty Stadium, but Denver, who's currently the last of the IWLCA poll, came out. They're at 11 right now. One of the best teams in the Big East. Got to the second round last year in the NCAA tournament. They come here Friday 3 p.m. You can watch it on the SAG Sports Network. How did this game come about?
0: You know, we had an opportunity. Uh, They were traveling uh, to the East Coast. Um, We just had a conversation. We're lucky enough to get them on the schedule. Um, You know, they're a great team. We've been out and played them before. And uh, we actually will return there next year as well. Um, So, you know, it's an opportunity that we can't pass up. They're a great team. Um, You know, I I think they're hovering probably in the top ten, in my opinion, as a team. Um, And, again, we're very lucky to have them come in. And and it'll give us a good test. And we have nothing to lose. So we're going to hope to give them a good game.
1: That game that you referenced traveling out to Denver was back in 2016. I know much different teams than where it is today, but a day like that when you make the trip out to you know, the Mountain West area, you're playing at altitude, of course, but what did you learn from their style that you might remember and help the group now uh, for Friday's game?
0: You know, I I think in terms of their style, I think they've probably um, evolved a little bit in the last couple years. Um, They are very, very well coached. So I think what we expect of their style is that they will adapt to what we present. I mean, I think you watch them, um, you know, we've watched a lot of their film, they've beat Stony Brook, um, they beat Stanford, They're, they're playing really good lacrosse, and they've morphed into different versions of themselves, depending on what they needed for those games to come and win those games. And, um, you know, I think that's a mark of good coaching. That's a mark of, um, you know, respect for the teams that they're playing and adapting their styles to really um, help squash what's, what's going to be presented to them. Um You know, so we expect a tough run. We expect them to to come at us. But, you know, our theory of of life is just to to play us, to to not sit back, to not be conservative. We're going to play aggressive, and we're going to give them our best game.
1: The thing that I saw that stood out the most, you talk about the tough schedule that they played. This group is only allowed six and a half goals per game, which with the possession clock era, that is a pretty good mark, all things considered. But you talk about your style of game and how Fairfield can attack that. I love the way that we've been seeing a lot of Mitchell and Gallagher, they've been driving well. You've had a couple of different feeders uh, show up nicely, you know, to help kind of facilitate the offense. holzman has been playing two ways, so I know Uh, You've been utilizing her more on defense as opposed to the offensive side of things. But uh, through Fairfield's game, what has been the big thing to focus on the scout coming in?
0: You know, for our game, it is – you know I know it's coach speak but it's to play the complete game I think we've had um, games where we've been really good on one side of the ball or the other Um, we don't want it to be an either or we want to make sure that our offense and our defense uh, as well as our draws our rides and our clears are all um, kind of firing on all cylinders it's it's a luxury in some respects to have uh, you know the offense pick up for the defense if the defense is having a bad day or vice versa but you know what we expect right now is that everybody has got their feet under them we're you know almost halfway through the season season, we need to be um, good on both sides of the ball. Uh, so that's our expectation. That's our, our goal in the next couple practices.
1: The thing that I'm kind of curious about, and for some of those maybe at home that are listening, when you look at you know these teams that are inside the top 20, how they schedule, and then the teams that are outside the top 20 and how they schedule, you don't often see, outside of maybe the occasional, where a team you know has just that perfect fit or the perfect slot in the schedule, Denver often plays a high-ranked schedule coming in. Uh, You look at a team like James Madison; they're playing a lot of tough teams coming in. But I've noticed more now this year: teams in the MAC they are stepping out of their comfort level a little bit, and they're starting to schedule a little tougher. Obviously, Kenisha has been very traditionally sound at scheduling a lot of good teams, and people say, "Okay, they're 0-5." But well, uh, when you play Notre Dame, James Madison, amongst others, you're going to have to take your lumps. But you know, Niagara, in essence, uh, this past weekend, they went out to Ohio State and put a very good effort together. They only lost by four out there so how does a team in the MAC try and you know present themselves as an opportunity for some of these ranked teams is hey hey we're not just good in our conference we can compete with your level
0: and and I think we talked about it you and I in our very first podcast if we are going to win in the tournament in the NCAA tournament, we have to prepare ourselves for those games. I think there's a wide range of coaches in the MAC that have that same theory. We talk about it a lot as a coaching group. You know, we want to be proud of our league. We want to be proud of what our league does in NCAA play. Um, and to do that, each of us has to take the measure of scheduling tough games. Um, you may take a loss, but you might get a lot out of that loss. Uh, I don't think any of us are afraid to lose. You know, you know I, I'm certainly not a, a good loser at this point in my career, um, but I'm not afraid to, to lose to get something out of it, to learn a little bit about my, my squad, um, to keep that on my schedule, the teams that we're playing, to hopefully get to the point where we win that game. And um, that is always the goal, to prepare ourselves the best by playing the best.
1: And then on the opposite side. Decide how to teams like say a Denver when you approach them saying hey you know an opportunity of maybe a home in a home down the road uh, what are those conversations at least to the extent of what you can say what are those conversations like to you know possibly get these games on the schedule?
0: You know it's not as hard as you think I mean I think the, our team has a fair amount of respect out there so it's not as hard as you would imagine to uh, to get those schedules um, oftentimes it's, it's more of a matter of what fi- fits in the actual um, calendar for all of us and uh, you know we're able to negotiate pretty well we're able to have uh, pretty good conversations with some pretty good teams so it's not too terribly difficult
1: now the thing I'm curious is if there is a dream opponent is is there one <laughs> of them I know you roll your eyes a oh, little bit but know. is there like an opponent to say hey you know what if there is any chance to test ourselves maybe even just get the home and home, have an opportunity to showcase in front of the home fans. Is there a team out there that you'd say, down the road, let, let's go after
0: it? You know, that's a tough answer because I think there's lots of teams that are very good that we would love to play. I mean, um, you know, there's a lot of good lacrosse immediately around us as well. True. Sure. Um, so, you know, we, we want to tip our hat to, to all those teams. I don't think there's one um, single team that we would want to throw on our schedule. Um, you know, I, I think the idea for us is to get um, a top 10, a top 15 ranked team on our schedule every year um, so that we can start making that march up the, the ladder a little bit as well.
1: Well, certainly it's going to be an entertaining game to watch. And again, as we said, you can watch that game against Denver this coming Friday at 3 p.m. on the Stags Sports Network on the Fairfield University Athletics Facebook page. Now, before we end today's show, you mentioned something about taking pride in our league in the Metro Atlantic. Well, this is a player that's not in the league anymore, but it is someone that we can talk about. Recently, the Tewaratan, um committee announced their watch list for both the men's and the women's side. And if you kind of start to scroll down the page a little bit, obviously, yes, you do have some of the best. You have all the best players, quite frankly, in the nation. But there is one that Mac fans may remember a little bit and certainly our friends up in Buffalo. Uh, Erica Evans gets her first time getting on, at least in the season, Um on the watch list for Maryland. That, I know a lot of coaches in this league have to be smiling a little bit to say, hey, this is a player that we saw represented our league really well and now she's getting a chance to show it at the big stage
0: yeah you know what I think we're all thrilled for erica um, as much as um, as opponents we didn't love facing her she is a she's a great person she is a you know a tireless worker um, it is awesome for her to have this opportunity to play at Maryland to get that year back um, after an ACL injury and to be recognized for for who she is already um, you know I think there's not a doubt uh, that she deserves to be on that list with the best in the, in, in lacrosse at this point in time she is one of the best, and if you watched Kneeshia's um, play, if you watched her play on the Canadian national teams at either at either level, uh, the junior or the senior level, y- you you know that um, this is how, who she's always been. Um, she operates at a very high level, and um, you know I I think we're we're all really excited to see a really good kid get uh, rewarded for her, for her efforts.
1: And I think that you hit the nail on the head. It's a good kid. It's a yeah. great competitor. I think I remember you telling me a couple of years ago there was an instance. <laughs> well, was it Mac championship game. It was her and I think it was Alex Femmel, right? They got into a little bit of a uh, a collision, but Erica was the first one to make sure that she was all right. Yeah, yeah you have, you're in a championship game. I mean, you're yep. trying to win to go to the NCAA tournament here, but this is a kid that comes over, makes sure that the other is fine, and everyone's like, man, how can you not not like this kid.
0: You know, I think it's something that we talk about in our team. You know, you can be rivals, but rivals doesn't mean you have to be enemies. And I think in some respects, you always need to treat people with respect. That is how we. That's how we preach uh, everything on our team. And from Erica, you know, gosh, she'd be the perfect villain in any story, right? She's she dominates on the field. She's often the cause of uh, your losses. And you know, even when we um, you know, we, we had our wins against Canisius in her time, we had to work for them. And she was the primary person you're working against uh, you, you can't dislike her uh, you know she does things the right way she uh, she she's just a great competitor but you know she doesn't sacrifice anything um in terms of her conduct to get to that point so uh, nothing but respect for her uh, you know we obviously watch her and, and hope that she does really well at maryland this year
1: oh absolutely and i know the three years you hated to see when Canisius came to town, but this year we, Erica, we're all pulling for you this year. In addition to that, what that roster of nine All-Americans on the starting lineup for Maryland, <laughs> they, that it's going to be a fun team to watch, and no doubt we hope that she puts on a good season. And yeah, you know it, that's going to be a fun uh, list to watch as we whittle it down in the year. One other player that I know it's not at the D1 level, but I do have to give a shout. Hunter is nardy from Mercy College at the Division II level. I had the opportunity to call the ECC Championship game last year. If you have never watched this player play before, she literally does everything. I mean, scores goals, assists, draw control, plays defense, runs the entire game. I mean... It it's a great accolade to have a Division two player on a pretty heavy you know list.
0: Yeah, you know the list contains one uh, D two player and one D three player to my knowledge, and um you know it, and then you know forty eight D one players. It, just because you play at a different uh, level doesn't mean that you're not competing um, at the highest level. And you know there there are um, kids that are playing at D two D three schools that can compete with the best at D one. So, um, you know all of those all of those fifty deserve a, a lot of respect
1: as Coach mentioned, it's Steph Coulson from Gettysburg College. That is the D3 nod. So uh, that's going to wrap up our show for this week. The women's team, after this game against Denver, are going to get a well-deserved break of, I think, 11 days, something like that. A little long. A little long, but, hey, get the bodies healthy, get clear the minds a little bit. It'll be Sacred Heart on the 20th of the march that's a wednesday afternoon that'll be the next game after that but until then thanks for tuning into this episode of the inside fairfield lacrosse podcast make sure to reach out to us uh at stags men's lacrosse at stags women's lacrosse and at fairfield Stags. so until next time go stags the inside fairfield lacrosse podcast is a presentation of fairfield university athletics for all information related to fairfield lacrosse log on to fairfieldstags.com